2: They hand it to Steven, great jump cut, 45 seconds. 40. the a whole burst to it, 20, that's a tackle, runs left, 25, still on his feet, 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson.
3: Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, he's going to throw, the
2: fake is on and he's got a first down to stick. Radio with Derek Ciappolo and Michael Stewart.
1: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio for our midweek podcast. We're previewing these Los Angeles Rams as they head down to Miami to play the Dolphins, a Dolphins team that is much—they're just much more competitive than we thought they would be. And I am happy to bring on our guest here in a little bit, Sam Marco from the Perfectville Podcast. He is doing some really good stuff. He's always one of our better guests. We come on the show for the tour in the league, and we're happy to have him here. Before we get there, before we bring them on, we do want to ask you to head over to Apple Music. Please leave a five-star review. We really like that. We appreciate that. If you think we deserve it, we love it. It helps us with the charts. It helps us move up the rankings. And it helps make our podcast more noticeable for listeners to find. So, again, that's Apple Music, five-star review if possible. Anywhere, though, that you want to subscribe, we're happy to do it. So, please check it out. Also, don't forget Butting Hands. That's our partner podcast with steve and johnny they did the the post game and uh, some folks weren't too happy with with steve and johnny with that one but you know what it is what it is we're always going to do the best we can to be honest in how we cover the team even though we're all biased i mean all of us here are biased we love this team but we are going to be honest down the middle if we think something's wrong we're going to tell you if we think something's going great we're going to tell you and it's probably a good thing that we can actually pick apart this team now in some places and know that they're going to be better. They're going to, they have the potential to be much better than they are, and they're still five and two. I mean, that's a great place to be. It's absolutely great place to be. All right, so let's go ahead and get Sam Marco on from the Perfectville podcast. Perfectville, one of our favorites. Here we go. All right, folks, here we go. Sam Marco from the Welcome to Perfectville, the Perfectville podcast. Sam, you've been on before. I would love having you on. You're constantly keeping us laughing. Great personality, great conversations. And I i got to admit, man, when we started the season off, I looked at the Miami game on the schedule and thought, that's a win. It's going to be an easy win. And I can flat out say that that's not, that's not going to happen at all. This is going to be a tough game for the Rams. They're going to go down the community. They're going to have a, a Miami team that's much better than I thought they're going to be. And I think last time I talked to you, I think you told me they were playing for like two years on the road, and now they're getting there. This is a team that's young, it's got talent, and they're ahead of the Patriots in the standings. What's going on with the Dolphins? Well, if I'm being honest,
3: since we're being honest, and those are very kind words and a lot of pressure for me to be funny this time out. I think I was just (laughs) having a good day the last time. But, uh, yeah, the... If I was looking at the schedule as a Rams fan and I saw the Miami Dolphins on there at the beginning of the year, I'd probably think the same way. Because, quite frankly, I was looking at the schedule as a Dolphins fan and I saw the Rams on there and went, well, who are we playing the week after that? Because it kind of looked like, especially on paper, this Dolphins team doesn't stand a chance against the Los Angeles Rams. Especially, you know, even now after I watched you guys do what you did to the Chicago Bears, who I think are kind of a fake paper champion. But, you know, nonetheless, an NFL team put in front of you on a short week and you went out and, uh, and beat them all. So, It's going to be a tough battle. I don't think anybody's looking at this thinking that the Rams are going to walk away with it. Certainly nobody's looking at this game and saying, well, the Dolphins are the clear favorites. But what's interesting about that is that you and I both, and we're not alone, looked at this game at the beginning of the schedule and said, this will be a cakewalk. And it turns out uh, we might have to fight for
1: that cake a little bit. I mean, It's going to be one of those games, in my view, that I'm one of those traditional people who sees teams that give the Rams problems over years. And they only play once every four years. But Miami usually gives the Rams all kinds of problems. Last time out, same thing. And, you know, I, I get that. I really do. I, I get that, that the Rams will have their problems with certain teams. It's just something about it. But when I look at Miami on paper now, there's, there's more than meets the eye. They are starting to really show what you talked about in terms of starting to build something. And that's concerning. I think this team, you know, everybody's talking about Buffalo overtaking the Patriots. It might not be Buffalo long-term. It might be the Dolphins.
3: No, the Buffalo, you know, Buffalo is a bridge team uh, in the AFC East. I really do believe that. I mean, they they do have some talent. I don't want to disparage Buffalo. But you look at what Buffalo Bills uh, traditionally are, are kind of the doormat when it comes to the AFC East. And I don't see any reason why that's going to be any different. I think they're going to win it this year, basically because the Patriots walked away from the division. That's that's really what they did when they walked away from Tom Brady's. They said, "Ah, we're punting on this season." Uh, the Jets, I, I think, are one loss away from being demoted to you know division two college football at this point. They're they're of you know no worry to anybody at this point. And really, the Miami Dolphins. This is the year if Buffalo is going to capitalize that they need to do it. They made the playoffs last year. They're probably going to win the division this year. However. Uh, I don't think Miami's getting ready to walk away just yet. I mean, they are 3 and 3. They are 1 game behind Buffalo in the standings. They almost beat Buffalo earlier this year. They had the lead in the fourth quarter, but part of that maturing and 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 just, you know, getting older and and, and better as a team, they didn't really realize how to hold that win, how how to hold that lead. It was their first lead of of the season. It was it was game 2 and they had it in the fourth quarter and they turned around and let Buffalo go back and take it from them. That doesn't happen if that game happens this week versus week 2. And you also look at a Buffalo Bills team that almost lost to the Jets last week, which there is absolutely no, it should have counted as a loss, quite frankly, because they only won by eight points against the lousy New York Jets. Uh, no, Miami is here to play. They're playing tough. Their defense, especially now that they have Byron Jones back, he missed a bunch of games due to injury. Uh, he's now back there with uh, Xavier Howard, and they now have a, a, a tandem cornerback that no quarterback, I don't care who you are, wants to throw in. Xavier Howard has four games in a row with an interception, he leads the league in interceptions. Everyone thought he was washed due to the injuries, due to the -the off-the-field battles. He's come back this season and just played lights out. Once Byron Jones came back from a hamstring injury that he suffered against Buffalo, that defensive backfield has been tremendous. Uh, Eric Rowe covering tight ends. You've got uh, a safety in Brandon Jones, who's flying all over the field when he's out there making tackles. I think his first game as a rookie safety, he had 10-plus tackles. Uh, I mean, So they know what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball for the first time in a very long time. Uh, really where I think this is going to be the biggest question for the Miami Dolphins going forward, and in particular in this game, is you've got a rookie rookie quarterback in Tuatunga-Vailoa going up against some guy that I think Rams fans may think is the best player in football. He's certainly the best player on the, the, the defensive side of the ball, uh, Mr. Aaron Donald. So I think really that's going to be the matchup. How does your defense um, uh, counter Tuatunga-Vailoa and this very young Miami Dolphins offense?
1: I think it depends on who shows up,
3: honestly. Well, there you go. There I you mean, go. I'm-
1: oh, go I, I'm sorry. I wonder also about your offensive line there. I'm want you know, wondering about what kind of protection the Miami offensive lines provide all year because it, the Rams have taken advantage of bad ones, and they mm-hmm. tend to struggle against the good ones because there isn't really a great pass rusher behind Aaron Donald. So it really depends on your offensive line and, on strength and its weaknesses. Are they strong on the outside? Are they weaker in the interior. How have they done this far against pass rusher? And that, those are questions I would need to know before I, I make a call on whether I think the Rams will do anything to, to be able to get to your rookie.
3: Yeah, so that's a great question. So there's a couple things that I think everyone needs to take into account. Number one, this offensive line is extremely young. They're going to have two, if not three, rookies. Uh, playing on this line. Now, you think about that when you consider the fact that you have Aaron Donald on the other side, and you're like, well, that's a slam dunk for the Los Angeles Rams. You would think so. However, these rookies have come to play. This is the first time, and you know, this is just kind of like sticking my finger in the air and, and seeing which way the wind blows, but it's the first time that I can remember that almost universal praise has come to the Miami Dolphins from their fan base for their offensive line. Yes, they're very young. Yes, they still need to gel together. Uh, But they're playing pretty well. Now, if you look at how they're run blocking, they're probably not going to light the world on fire. But as I've been saying on my show for the last four or five weeks, the running backs are allowed to get positive yardage and effective positive yardage. So yes, maybe they're only getting three yards per carry, but it's on a third and two, if that makes sense. So they're doing just enough to get by, and then they were giving Ryan Fitzpatrick a clean enough pocket for him to go over there and throw the ball to Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, and Mike Kosicki. Those are the three weapons uh, that that are going to be targeted, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick to Otunga Vailoa or myself playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Now, there is some compelling evidence that the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins is only as good as its quarterback. And what I mean by that is if you look at the actual amount of time that Ryan Fitzpatrick has had from the time he snaps the ball until he gets, you know, releases the ball. Um, he's one of the quickest in the NFL, but the actual pocket being held for him has been one of the worst. So you could make the case that the veteran presence of Ryan, uh, Fitzpatrick has made that offensive line look better in pass pro than they really are. And does Tua bring that or not? I don't know, but I do think the Miami Dolphins have an, uh, a game plan, um, drawn up specific to Tua, uh, that will help mitigate possibly some of those issues.
1: And what do you think that game plan entails?
3: Well, look, I mean, when Ryan Fitzpatrick is your team's leading rusher, like he was for the Miami Dolphins in 2019, that's a problem. That's not an accolade that a, a, a stiff, old quarterback should have, which is leading rusher for the team, right? So that was a problem. This year, I think he's he's got the best yards per carry average at 5.8, but most of that's just due to the fact that he's had to scramble a couple of times. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a mobile quarterback. Tua to Tunga-Vailoa is much more mobile. This is a guy that can roll out. You can have design rollouts to move that pocket and to mitigate some of those uh, speed rushers or bull rushers or somebody like an Aaron Donald who's kind of like his own like column of rusher. There's like speed rushers, bull rushers, and then Aaron Donald rushers. And right now there's just Aaron Donald and nobody else in that, in that uh, category. Um, he's also a candidate for the RPO, right, the run pass option. Ryan Fitzpatrick was never going to fool anybody or, or have an effective RPO. Tua can absolutely do that. So I think Chan Gailey and the Miami Dolphins offensive uh, coaching staff knows that. Obviously, the Rams know that. And they're going to try to take advantage of that and put their young, talented rookie in a position to be successful as opposed to, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick could do this. You go do it as well.
1: Now, what about the receiving core matching up against Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, those Rams safeties? How do you see it?
3: Uh, you know, th- this is going to be a fun one, um, and, and there's a couple of reasons why. A, Devontae Parker, I think, has proven himself to not be a bust. Now, I think the last time you and I spoke, I was telling everyone I think his greatest game was against the Rams, a game that I was at a couple of years ago in the rain where he actually got a touchdown and then came back and played defense to end that game because we came in and snuck that game away from the Rams. Uh, and then, ironically enough, I went to the Laker game after that against the Bulls, and Jimmy Butler was on the Bulls and killed the Lakers, and then the Lakers just killed Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat in the finals. So it was kind of like a nice uh, four year turnaround to watch that happen. But Devontae Parker last year was one of the best wide receivers in the league. And you and I know that there's always one, you know, one hit wonders flashing the pans when it comes to receiving and every other position in football. Uh, So we really wanted to see him do it this year. Now, the first game of the season, he went out with a hamstring injury. I started calling him soft. And wouldn't you know it, this guy gets back out on the field, starts catching everything thrown his way, getting getting himself his touchdowns. And Uncle Vontae, as we like to call them, has been, uh, you know, gathering all of his nephews. So he's going to be a problem. I, I, I fully expect Jalen Ramsey, to be basically blanketing Devontae Parker, at least knowing where Devontae Parker is at all times. Preston Williams is our our talented second-year undrafted free agent. He was having a great season, his rookie season, until he tore up his knee. Now, to begin this season, he wasn't great. And wouldn't you know it, I went on my show and I started blasting him. He's got touchdowns in the last two games. And I'm pretty sure after the last one, he looked right into the camera and flipped me off personally. Um, He can also be a problem. It depends on which Preston Williams shows up. But he's been showing up for the last three weeks. I think he's finally got some confidence back in his knee, and he's starting to catch balls that he's supposed to catch. Now, again, all of this is with the caveat that this was a different quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a a ton of chemistry with Devontae Parker. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a ton of chemistry with Preston Williams. And he has a ton of chemistry with Mike Kosicki, our very talented tight end, who I think is probably going to be the key to all of this. Because nothing helps a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback better than a pass-catching tight end who can get you know yards after the catch. And that's exactly what Mike Kosicki can do. So even if you can't get to Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, he does have a third very talented option in Mike Kosicki. And I think that, if he can find him, focus on him, and get him the ball, is where he might have a shot of having a very good debut. Um, so I, I am worried about Jalen Ramsey. I'm worried about Aaron Donald. I'm worried about uh, Mr. Hill on the other side there, to be honest with you. but. I think there's enough offensive firepower that if Tua can play like we know he can, which isn't really a realistic opportunity in his first game as a, as a starting QB, he's going to have options. He's just going to have to fit that ball into some windows um, that are going to be open for a very, very short amount of time,
1: if that makes sense. I think the key, really, for Miami is the tight ends. The Rams have had some issues. Well, Kittle, everybody has problems with Kittle, but they, they've had some issues underneath. Tight can ends can do the Rams some serious damage. If they can force the Rams' defensive backfield to have to make some decisions, have to force them to use our linebackers in a way they don't want to, I can see this being a problem for the Rams. I do wonder about the lack of a, a running game for Miami. Mm. Teams can run on the Rams.
3: Yeah, we, we've seen that in other games as well. And really, against the 49ers, it was probably our best game on the ground. Well, I guess the Jets game as well. But we aren't putting up big yardage on the ground. This is a. This is a running team for the Miami Dolphins that is really only there until we can pass again. It's a very Dan Marino-esque offense at this point. Uh, And you can do that when you have a veteran like Ryan Fitzpatrick who can step back and is usually going to make good decisions, maybe not so much the last couple of games. But typically, Ryan Fitzpatrick can do that. It is a wild card with Tua. Uh, And I'll give you an an idea. I know he's left-handed. I happen to be left-handed myself. When he came into that Jets game at the end of the game and he rolled out to the left, it threw me off. I'm like, oh my God, this kid doesn't know which way to even run. And then it re- reminded myself, oh yeah, that's right. He's supposed to be running that way because he's left handed, just like I am. Um, it, it, if he can get the ball to, you know, we, we have a couple of tight ends. You've got Durham Smythe, who's more of an inline blocking tight end, but he caught his first touchdown against the Jets uh, two weeks ago. And then you also have um, Shaheen out of, uh, he was with Chicago, he's now with us, and Mac Hollins as well. And if they decide to go big with, with a two tight end set, which I do think you'll see a lot in this game, probably less wide receivers and more tight ends, uh, I do expect them to use them in a short and intermediate passing game with Mike Kosicki possibly trying to you know bust a seam down the middle um, at times. right? So if they put everybody out to, to catch a pass, that's where he's going to be. And yeah, uh, if, if you get Mike Kosicki the ball, good things happen.
1: Well, flipping around here, the Rams on offense against the of Miami defense. Miami's defense... I, I can't say enough about it. It's looked great. And they've kept this Dolphins team in games that I didn't think they'd be in. The Seattle game, 31-23. You mentioned the close loss to the, the Bills. And then the demolition of the 49ers. The Jets got shot last week. and But, I mean, everybody kind of beats up in the Jets. But, I mean, that's still that's a good defense you got there. How did they match up against the Rams? Surprisingly good defense. I mean, I think at the
3: beginning of the season, we figured the offense would be in a much better position than the defense, mainly because we had Ryan Fitzpatrick and we had a lot of our returning stars on, uh, if you want to call them stars, on offense. And with no real training camp or preseason, we figured that, you know, that chemistry that was starting to, s- we were starting to see at the end of the 2019 season roll over more on offense than defense. We've had a lot of turnover on defense, uh, but surprisingly, the defense has come together much faster than even any of us expected. Is it perfect? No. Is it anything that people are going to write home about? Probably not yet. But you can start to see it there, Derek. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things where you can see them getting better every single week. They're starting to rush the quarterback. They're starting to get pressure on the quarterback. They're starting to sack the quarterback, which is something we could not say last year. They spent a tremendous amount of free agent capital on people like Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson, uh, Kyle Van Noy, bringing him in from the Patriots organization. They spent a ton of money uh, trying to get better on the defensive line and really the front seven. And I think they've done that. Now, I, 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 they're not going to be one of those game-changing defenses, and good offenses will uh, take advantage of that. And I think the Rams are a good offense. Um, but they're going to put us in a position to at least have the offense give them a chance to win, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a bend-don't-break sort of defense. Uh, they are starting to create some turnovers here, there, and everywhere, but really they rely on you know sure tackling and getting people down before they get 10 yards. So uh, I would expect a lot of your punter, Mr. Hecker, there, and maybe a lot from our punter, uh, Mr. Hawk, and uh, perhaps maybe even a low-scoring game when, it, when, you, when you look at this Dolphins-Rams game at the end of it.
1: Well, I think it's going to be lower-scoring than I would have thought it would be months ago. I think the Rams have to, in order for this game to, I mean, I was just telling my partner in crime on, on Monday night, I just, I just, for me, this team has not really put together a complete game this year. They've had some nice wins. I want to see a demolition. And I don't think that's going to happen against Miami. I just don't. Miami has been competitive in every single game. And in some cases, like the last two weeks, more than just competitive. So, Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at, I'm cutting you off here, but you look at that
3: first game against the Patriots, those two teams play today, Miami Dolphins are working the Patriots over. It's not even close. I, 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 the Patriots just got Miami uh, the first week really just kind of wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. They're not that good of a team. Miami is, is better. Than the New England Patriots at this point. I can confidently say that after watching the Patriots lose to teams that they would never lose to in the past. Um, the Buffalo Bills are not as good as advertised. Again, we had the lead against Buffalo in the fourth quarter, and then the defense actually led up, and, and Buffalo was able to score and win that game. That Seattle game, yeah, it was 31 20 or whatever the final score was, but it was a low scoring affair. With the exception of right before the half, when the Miami Dolphins let up and just allowed like an 80-yard catch with like 13 seconds left for the half, which set up a touchdown with Russell Wilson, that should have never happened. And then there's one other play in like the third quarter that should have never happened. That game was extremely close, even going into the fourth quarter. And as you mentioned it, I mean the, the Niners, yes, they're injury riddled and decimated, but uh, Miami didn't let off the gas and whooped them 43 to 17. Uh, the jets never even put up a fight, uh, Jacksonville, not as good as a team as the Miami dolphins. And I guess where I'm going with all this is that Miami is finally learning to beat the teams they're supposed to beat and be competitive with the teams that are either equal or greater to them in terms of talent and coaching. And I think the Rams are are part of that. I, if you look at the Rams on paper, they've got more talent. Uh, they've been around a little bit longer in terms of together as a, as a unit and, uh, they've got pretty good coaching and, um, The Miami Dolphins, I think, are up for this fight, whereas in years past, including last year, I think they would have gotten steamrolled.
1: So, quick question here. Just going off of what you noted about the Patriots and the Bills, can the Dolphins win this division? Will they win this division?
3: So a lot of people are thinking the reason why they switched from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua Tungavailoa was because they aren't competing this year. And I would posit that they are actually the exact opposite of that. I think they saw what they saw in terms of being 3-3 three and three and went, we have an ability in this year to get into the playoffs and give our young, talented quarterback of the future some much-needed you know, reps, and we don't have to wait until next season. So if you look at the way the Miami Dolphins' schedule is now lined up, You've got the Rams, which are going to be a tough out. And then you've got the Cardinals, which they're going to be coming off of a bye, very similar to how you guys are facing us off of a bye. The next two weeks for the Miami Dolphins are going to be very difficult. you got the Rams and the Cardinals. But after that, they have the Jets, the Broncos. I believe they have the Cincinnati Bengals and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, four very easily winnable games for the Miami Dolphins. So even if they were to lose to the Rams and the Cardinals or somehow pull off an upset for one of those two games – Uh, You're looking at a team that most likely is going to have a winning record going into December because those teams are not as good as Miami. And if Tua can do what Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing, which is keep the team in the game and make some plays when he absolutely needs to make some plays, uh, this Miami Dolphins team, there's no reason why they can't be eight and eight or nine and seven at the end of this season. And if they're nine and seven with the extra wild card that happens this season, that puts them right in there. That puts them in as a six seed or a seven seed. And uh, I think they make this move now to to let Tua basically see good teams like the Rams and the Cardinals, and then feast on four bad teams and get them ready and battle tested for December when we do have the Patriots and the Bills and the Chiefs and the Raiders.
1: And just just a quick correction: the Rams are not coming off a of bye week. They had a Monday night game. No, no, just to your advantage. No,
3: what I'm saying is no. I, what I was saying is uh, we are coming off a of bye week, so you're facing us off a of bye week, and we'll be facing the Cardinals okay, gotcha. off of their. I, I didn't. I didn't clarify that. My apologies.
1: I mean, that's, to me, It's an advantage, though, for Miami. The Rams are, go- are going east on a short yeah. schedule. The Rams have been doing things like that for a while now, under they're, they're playing well on the road, even in the situations. But, you know, there's something about this game that tells me it's going to be a tough one. I'm not saying, I'm not sure who's going to win. I'm not saying Miami's going to win. I'm not sure, I'm not saying this is even going to be... The opposite of a Ram, you know Rams win Rams low, Rams I'm not sure what to expect because I don't know what team is going to be out there for the Rams on Sunday I don't know who's showing up because factors man come East on a Monday night game after Monday night game a tough Miami team and it's been a while since we've been able to say hey that's a tough Miami team yeah we were making fun of the Dolphins like a year and a half ago a year ago the whole yeah I, mean, thing. I was
3: making I was. I was making fun of the Dolphins two and a half weeks ago. You know I mean, it's just <laughs> just how it goes. But you're absolutely right. I mean, for the longest time, one of their on-running jokes for the Miami Dolphins was that the schedule makers were against them. I mean, we would have silly things like no home games in September when that is when we have a home field advantage because of the humidity, uh, or they'd have us flying to England, you know, and, and losing our home game in September because we have to play in London against the Bills versus, you know, in Miami or something along those lines. But this season, mainly because of covid uh, the schedules have lined up beautifully for Miami. I mean, you can't ask for a better scenario if you have to play the Rams than for them to be coming off of a short week against a, you know, what I thought was going to be a tough Chicago Bears team. You guys made quick work of them. But a short week traveling across the continent, playing an early game, which is traditionally a weakness for the West Coast teams coming to the East. Uh, and then you have a well-rested, coming off of a bye week, Miami Dolphins team that has been game planning and planning for the Los Angeles Rams for the last two weeks. Uh, there is no game tape, so to speak, on Tua at the pro level, other than two passes against the New York Jets. There's a lot of advantages for the Miami Dolphins going into this week. Um, It doesn't mean they're going to win, to your point, but I do think all those factors make it that much tougher on your Los Angeles Rams. Are you willing to make a prediction? I'm willing to make a prediction because what I love about doing media like this is that I can make whatever prediction, and if I'm right, um, people are going to think I'm some sort of expert, and if I'm wrong, you're never going to talk to me again until four (laughs) years later when we play again. So I, I love making predictions. Besides, I've already made predictions on other shows, including my own, so I can just go the opposite and then point to whatever prediction is right and say, see, I told you so. So,
1: go for it. Who's winning this game?
3: <laughs> well, I'm going to put it this way. I think there's a lot of factors like we just talked about. Let's not forget the fact that I just went through the Miami Dolphins' next six games. The Los Angeles Rams have a brutal schedule after this game, right? They just came off of Chicago Bears, first place, 5-1. and one. You guys beat them. Then you have the, the lowly Miami Dolphins. And then I think you guys go on a stretch against Seattle, Arizona. You've got the Niners again, which th- there's no reason for you guys to lose to the Niners twice in a season. So, do me that solid, if nothing else, you guys. Um I live in the Bay Area and I don't need the Niners winning any 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 games at all. Um but uh I think this lines up to be a little bit of a trap game for the Los Angeles Rams. I think there's a lot of hype around Tua, so there's probably too much in terms of an expectation out of him. And all of that leads me to believe that this is going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think this turns out to be 37-34. I don't think this turns out to be 42-17. I think this is a one-possession, one-score difference between the Rams and the Dolphins. It's going to be in the teens. You can flip a coin whether it's going to be the Rams or the Dolphins. I'm going to be a homer because you can't bet against your team when they're coming off of two wins and a bye week. And what might be the greatest quarterback of all time? We'll find out. Uh, so I'm going to go 17, 14 Miami dolphins, but it could very well be 17, 14 Los Angeles Rams, uh, or it could be, you know, 52 to three because he sucks. And we just didn't really know that. And Alabama was that good around him. but I'm going to go 17, 14. I'm going to keep the prediction that I had for my show. I'm going to bring it over to your show. and go 17, 14 Miami dolphins. Sorry, Rams fans.
1: Well, I'm sure they're heartbroken. Those Rams fans. Um, but the, I, look, I actually look at it similar to you. and I look at the factors of this, but with what I'm saying, I think the Rams know what's coming down the pike. I think they know that they got a brutal schedule themselves coming up, and they kind of need this one. They need this one in their back pocket. They don't want to go into that that run to end the season 5-3. and three. They want to be 6-2. and two. They want to have a little bit of leeway. So I don't see this as a trap game for them. If they come in playing... Like it's a trap game is because these guys are tired. They've been going back and forth to the East Coast for much of the season. They've already been to Buffalo, Philly, Washington, and now to Miami. So if they're, if they're off, it's not because it's a trap game. It's, it's they're tired. I just can't imagine a Rams team with Aaron Donald not getting the two up, Not rallying Right. And that's the thing. that sticks in the back of my mind. This team, this defense is not a not a great defense, but they are a ball hawking defense. They are a defense that will make plays, and that is in the back of my mind as I'm sitting and thinking about this game. For that reason, I have to favor the Rams. I just they are too clutch. They have been since Sean McVay anyway has been too clutch on the road for the most part. That said, I I think it's like you get, like you're saying seventeen fourteen, twenty seventeen, something like that, to where. We're sitting in the edge of our seats for the entire game going, Oh, holy crap, holy crap, holy it, crap. It's not going to be a walk, it's not going to be an easy part. And I, in there's going to be Rams fans going, But this is the Dolphins, I mean, that they, they are still fine. But the factors like they all line up. You're a Rams team coming off Monday, night. win a tough one, it was a pretty physical game. They've been inconsistent all year because the Rams are still the second youngest team in the league. I mean, it's not like they are a bunch of old veterans who can handle everything. This is a young team that's still trying to find itself as well. And a Miami team that is much better than advertised. And, and that's a testament to what's going on down there. To me, that's a recipe for a close game. It could be a loss. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, t- and try and sugarcoat that. I just see it as the Rams look at the schedule, like you mentioned. I'm going down to Seattle twice. And no, they don't, Seattle, doesn't, Seattle doesn't scare them. They, they don't. You know, they've been there with the with Seattle, but nonetheless, they still happen twice. They have the Cardinals twice. Cardinals are, the Cardinals are really good. They have, that's yeah. a good football team. Um, You know, they have New England and New England. I don't think, I don't think anybody's, you know, scared of New England right now. Like you said, now, I don't think anyone's scared of the Jets. But, so, I mean, you're looking at possibly, what, one, two, three, four? Five, six, six losses, possibly, if the Rams just say, so screw this crap after the Miami game. So maybe seven losses. So this, that's how tough the schedule is. I'm not going to sit there and call a bunch of wins. So that's why I'm sitting there thinking, I can't see the Rams just rolling this game and, and playing the idea of trap, trap, trap. Tired? Maybe. I can go with that.
3: They might be tired. See, we'll find uh, out. I think the Rams uh, have a little bit of a case of what I used to see the Miami Dolphins do back when the when the Miami Dolphins were good and consistent, uh, you know, shortly after the uh, Dan Marino era, is that I, I have a tendency, and, I, and I've seen a bunch of your guys' games this year. First of all, you got screwed against Buffalo. You guys should really be sitting with one loss right now. But you can't change that. You guys have lost to the Niners, and you lost to the Bills. I think you guys are better than both of those teams. And you've lost to both of them. I don't understand how that even happens. Like, how do you lose to those two teams uh, other than you're playing down to your competition a little bit? And I think that's the sign of a team that knows they're good, and that's a good thing. But they're going to have to, as you said, you know, grow up a little bit and go, hey, even though that we're better than this team, we still have to go out there and show them that we're better. We can't just take it for granted and say, oh, you know what? We can flip the switch and turn it on like we're Shaq and Kobe back in their prime and just, you know, turn it on for the playoffs. You can't do that. Um, especially against a Miami Dolphins team that's looking to improve with every possession there. So I kind of feel like the way the Miami Dolphins are beating the teams they're supposed to beat and being competitive with the teams that are maybe better than them, the Rams have a little bit of that. Yeah, we know we're better than you guys, um, so we don't really have to put in our full effort. And and maybe it is the travel. Like you said, you've been to Buffalo, you've been to Washington, you've been to Philly. Uh, You're now coming to Miami. It very well could be the fatigue of just traveling, but... Uh, you guys are a really good team, and you just beat another supposed really good team, the Chicago Bears. I have to feel like you guys are flying high right now.
1: You know, I don't know, because there were still things about that game that left fans uneasy, left me uneasy. And a lot of that goes to the fact it was 24-10. If the Rams really, really wanted to push the envelope on that one, that could have been a 40-10 game. I mean, they... Sure. They backed off to the point where, the, is that Sean McVay who just decided to just mail in the offense for the last part of the game there? And, you know, that's not really who he's been thus far. It could be several factors. It could be the fact that they're playing Monday night and they want to try and preserve players for Sunday. It could be the fact they don't want to show any, they don't want to put their playbook on film more than it already is. It, there could be right. several factors with that. But it didn't sit well. I think was so on the fan base that while it was a very good win and that Chicago defense is tough, it, it could have been a game that, that, that they really broke down Chicago. It could have been a statement game. And I don't think it was. I don't really think it was. I think that there's still some growing to do with this team. I
3: would agree with that, except for the fact that I don't think you guys need a statement game against Chicago. You need a statement game against Seattle, Arizona, and to come back and redeem yourselves against the San Francisco 49ers. Oh. I mean, that, that's where you need to play, yeah, put your statement down.
1: But that's where and I would I disagree, would, because that, that game with the 49ers, that loss, that was an offensive shelling by the 49ers in the first half. Turn around back on national TV against for, against the Bears, who are coming in 5-1, and, and and I know you're doubting how good they are at 5-1, so do I. But when your schedule's being questioned because you had Dallas, Philadelphia, New York, and Washington for all your five games, and you go to the same thing's and lose, and you play a horrible first half, you, you got to think, man, you want to let people know just how good you really are. Yeah, Make another statement game later on, too, but you, that's what kind of stuns me, is that they didn't really go for it.
3: I, I get that, but I think a lot of the factors that you even talked about. So here you got me praising the Rams, and you're praising the Dolphins. This is like opposite day here. Um, the Rams didn't need to do anything else. They know they had the game. I'll give you I'll give you a somewhat of a parallel. The Miami Dolphins pitched the first shutout of the season two weeks ago against the New York Jets, twenty four to nothing. Now if you look at that, you go, wow, that beat them twenty four nothing. That's you know that's four scores. That's pretty good. That's pretty dominant. Most Dolphins fans hated it. They're like, we didn't do anything in the second half. We only kicked one field goal. We looked bad on offense. You know the Jets almost scored twice. <laughs> you know it was kind of like we won twenty-four to nothing against another professional team and our biggest rival. Like that is a statement, and people just didn't think it was enough. I, I, I feel like in this t- in this time it is never going to be enough uh, to win by two two touchdowns in your case or four scores in my case because the fans need a they need you know a dominant performance like fifty-two to nothing or else you know everything's broken and you need to fix it. Uh, you guys beat a five and one team on a Monday night. 24 to 10. I mean it's it's a, it's a two score advantage. That's that's pretty damn good. You know and I, and I think that is on some level a statement and there was nothing else you guys needed to really state in that game cuz so I think you're right. Get your get your starters out, get while they're healthy, get them whatever sort of rest you can give them and you know prepare for Miami who's much better than people anticipated. I here's the thing. I think Miami beats the Chicago Bears. I don't think the Bears are that good. But Nonetheless, they're still 5-1 and one going up against you guys, and you have to respect the record. So I don't know. I'm rambling here a little bit here on a Rams podcast, but <laughs> I, uh, I think you guys are, are are pretty darn good. And I know the Miami Dolphins fan base is really hanging their hats on Tua just coming out and ripping it up like it's a national championship game for Bama. And uh, we have to temper our enthusiasm a little bit because he is a rookie quarterback who hasn't really played football for almost you know 18 months short of... of one to go, and we got Aaron Donald literally staring him in the face.
1: I you can go either way with that. For me, though, I just needed to see more. And as a person who watches every snap of Rams football and just kind of dissects everything with it, there were things I know that I want to see. It's still a huge win, like you're saying. It's still a massive win. And on the flip side, for Tua, I'm not sure what he hasn't faced NFL speed yet, that's for sure. I mean, not for a full game, and he hasn't faced Aaron Donald yet. I'm wondering about that. In no, that
3: <laughs> I am too. And you know what? I know the Miami Dolphins are because I, I, again, I expect a lot of design rollouts. I expect a lot of run pass option. Uh, I expect a lot of things that we could not do with Ryan Fitzpatrick effectively to now be implemented. This will be a different offense for the Miami Dolphins. And I'd mentioned those guys that are like Devonte Parker, Preston Williams, and Mike Kosicki. Those are the guys that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw to. And he played, he played a lot of Sandlot football. I mean, you watch some of these balls being completed. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick going run a go and I'll throw it to you. That was happening against the Niners and the Jets, by the way, where they were walking up to the line and Ryan would just turn to one of his receivers and go, just run a go route and I'll get it to you. And like just completely change the playbook and the play call as they go to the line. Everyone else is still thinking that everyone's running whatever route. And he just tells Devontae, run straight and I'll get it to you. That's not going to happen with Tua right away. I don't imagine he's going to be, you know, that cavalier with the game plan as it, as it, you know, gets called to him. There's going to be a lot of design plays. And he's going to follow that script because that's what he's going to know what to do. He doesn't have the confidence yet to go out there and make some changes. Um, so it's going to be reliant on Chan Gailey, our offensive coordinator, who's I think 78 years old now, um, to understand if something isn't working, you got to get away from it. If you're double teaming Aaron Donald and it's not working, then you maybe need to triple team Aaron Donald uh, and get Tua away from him. You know, this this game is is about seeing what we have on some level with Tua, but also surviving, (laughs) surviving Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. And the reason why I bring all that up is it's very possible that Tua, who's been practicing with the twos all season, you might see somebody like a Matt Breda, you know, speaking of our running backs, uh, come in here and have a good game because Tua has been throwing him the ball in practice. You might see somebody like Jakeem Grant, who I personally think is one of the worst wide receivers in the NFL, but he happens to be on the Miami Dolphins, so I'm like contractually obligated to root for this guy. Um, (laughs) He may come in and have a good game. Why? Because he knows Tua, because he practices with Tua every single week up until now. So, you know, if 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 I would give Rams fans like, take a look at like somebody like Jakeem Grant or Matt Breida. those guys might end up killing you and you'd be like, Who the hell are these guys? It's the guys that Tua's been practicing with, and he knows where they're going to be, so he can dump the ball off if he gets rid of the ball quickly. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it starts it stops and ends with Aaron Donald. If they can figure out a way to keep him away from Tua, the Dolphins have a chance. If not, then we might be looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the Arizona Cardinals. Who knows?
1: All right. So, Sam, can you let folks know where they can find you all of your works? Because I know you've been a, bit, you've been a busy man. I'm wondering how busy you've been with the, the whole COVID thing, but you've always been a busy man. What's one of
3: Yeah, I'm still doing shows. I mean, I I live here in Northern California. The weather's been pretty warm, um, naturally or unnaturally. But uh, I've been doing shows outdoors for the most part. But it just dipped below 70 here in California. So I think all outdoor venues are now canceled because we can't handle anything with a six in the front. Um, So I'm still everywhere. But you can find our show, Welcome to Perfectville. We're part of the Fanatics Network. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I think it's at perfectville pod. You can email us if you want to call me and tell me or email me and tell me my takes suck on this show. It's at perfectville podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, and, and really just, I think Sam, you know what? It's not even Sam anymore. I let it lapse and some company picked up my, my name, uh, website. And I, now I think it's just like Japanese porn. <laughs> like I'm not really? even kidding. Somebody went to like, somebody went to the website and they're like, what's up with your website. And I went there and I'm like, Oh, I don't even think I'm supposed to be on this anymore. Um, so I don't know where my actual website went anymore. But uh, if you go to Welcome to Perfectville, you can get a hold of me. And you know, in this day and age, we're doing uh, we're doing you know, Zoom comedy shows. We're roasting uh, people for their company parties. We're we're doing all kinds of interactive stuff as much as we possibly can to keep busy.
1: All right. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk dolphins with us and let's know a little more about this team. We're looking forward to Sunday and and hopefully sometime soon you're back giving us some of your. Your words of wisdom about the NFL, and apparently the Dodgers and Lakers, too. I didn't find that out until night.
3: Yeah, man, L.A. Dodgers, L.A. Lakers, L.A. Kings. I'm L.A. all day, with the exception of Miami uh, and the Miami Dolphins. So uh, for everybody out there that happens to be a Rams fan, that also happens to be a Lakers fan and a Dodgers fan, I want to congratulate you because I was, uh, I was feeling a little bit of pain yesterday, a day after the World Series clinch. And I was feeling a little bit of pain a couple of weeks ago, the day after the Lakers won against the Miami Heat. Um, so congrats to all the listeners out there who are uh, Dodgers and or Laker fans. I'm one of you. And uh, I don't hate the Rams. I just I just have to hate you guys on Sunday at uh, 10 o'clock Pacific.
1: Yeah, it's OK. At least you're not a 49er fan.
3: Uh, no, never. You know the be- <laughs> best thing about the Niners is at least they circled the problem. If you look at their logo, right? I mean, that's the only good thing about it is they've identified <laughs> the problem by circling it. Everything else, uh, you know, no. We could we could have a whole other podcast just trashing the uh, San Jose 49ers of San Francisco or whatever their team name is now.
1: Oh, well, I then go there on that one. Have a great one. All right, have a good one. All right, folks. So, all right, folks. So there you have it. Samson's close one, 17-14. I think the Rams will probably pull this out, but the same things that come to mind, the Rams have a... They do have a challenge on them, and you can't take for granted the fact that this is the Dolphins of yesteryear. The last time the Rams played the Dolphins, the Dolphins beat them. The last time the Rams have gone down to South Florida, they beat them. I mean, it's just not been a good thing for the Rams to play in Miami for the most part. And... Miami's just a better football team right now. Not over the Rams. We'll find out. But the reality for me is that for me watching this Rams team is there are question marks. And they do. I think he's right. The Rams do tend to play down the competition, at least a little bit. Now, that 49er win over the Patriots and the 49ers' first half against the Rams, I'm not so sure about that as much. We'll find, I guess we'll find out as the 49ers' season moves forward. But, you know... The Giants game, the Bears game. Who are these Rams? Maybe we'll find out this week. I know one thing. I'm looking forward to a buy after that, but we're going to find out real quick how good these Rams are. Yeah, After this, on the 15th, you have Seattle. Then they have Monday night with Tampa Bay. Sunday with Four Niners, Cardinals, and then Patriots, Jets, Seattle, and Arizona. That's a rough, rough schedule. against. Best division in the league. The Rams got to keep this together. They need this one. If you're going to go, set this to the Rams go three and three in third division, that puts you overall in four. Am I right in that? Three and two, five and two. Eight wins-ish. If I'm, if I'm thinking I go three and three the whole, against the division. You still need a couple more. At least one more to be in the hunt. Two more to be in. Two more wins. And you got... Miami, New England, New York, and Tampa. So they go two and two there. Three and three in the division. They're in. But we're going to find out. We're going to find out. This is a Rams team that's complicated, at least from my point of view. All right, folks, it's time for us to go. We'll be back on Sunday night to look at this Miami game. And hopefully we we'll are about the Rams win. The Rams need it. It's a big game for them. If they go into the brick at 6 and 2, they have a really great shot making the playoffs. If not, there may be some trouble ahead. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can also find us on Twitter um, for me individually at DC Paul, Mike, who could make the night at 1 23. And don't forget to check us out on the website rams.net. Until next time, we're out of here. See you.